the flex deck, the one deck you need for all your games. From November 19th to November 25th, 2017, the 19th most visited Wikipedia page was for net neutrality, with 644,236 views, of which 66.94% were on mobile devices. Net Neutrality from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, and read by me, Mike, on December 2nd, 2017. Definition and Related Principles Net Neutrality is the principle that internet service providers must treat all data on the internet the same and not discriminate or charged differently by user, content, website, platform, application, type of attached equipment, or method of communication. For instance, under these principles, internet service providers are unable to intentionally block, slow down, or charge money for specific websites and online content. The term was coined by Columbia University media law professor Tim Wu in 2003 as an extension of the long-standing concept of a common carrier, which was used to describe the role of telephone systems. A wildly cited example of a violation of net neutrality principles was the internet service provider Comcast's secret slowing, quote-unquote throttling, of uploads from peer-to-peer -peer file sharing, P2P, applications by using forged packets. Comcast did not stop blocking these protocols like BitTorrent, until the FCC ordered them to stop. In another minor example, the Madison River Communications Company was fined 15,000 US dollars by the FCC in 2004 for restricting their customers' access to Vonage, which was rivaling their own services. AT&T was also caught limiting access to FaceTime, so only those users who paid for AT&T's new shared data plans could access the application. In July 2017, Verizon Wireless was accused of throttling after users noticed that videos played on Netflix and YouTube were slower than usual, though Verizon commented that it was conducting quote-unquote network testing and that net neutrality rules permit quote reasonable network management practices end quote. Research suggests that a combination of policy instruments will help realize the range of valued political and economic objectives central to the network neutrality debate. Combining with strong public opinion, this has led some governments to regulate broadband internet service services as a public utility, similar to the way electricity, gas, and the water supply are regulated, along with limiting providers and regulating the options those providers can offer. Definition and Related Principles Internet Neutrality Network neutrality is the principle that all internet traffic should be treated equally. Internet traffic includes all of the different messages, files, and data sent over the internet, including, for example, emails, digital audio files, digital video files, etc. According to Columbia Law Professor Tim Wu, the best way to explain network neutrality is that a public information network will end up being most useful if all content, websites, and platforms, i.e. mobile devices, video game consoles, etc., are treated equally. 
a more detailed proposed definition of technical and service network neutrality suggests that service network neutrality is the adherence to the paradigm that operation of a service at a certain layer is not influenced by any data other than the data interpreted at that layer and in accordance with the protocol specification for that layer. Open Internet Under a quote, open internet schema, the full resources of the internet and means to operate on it should be easily accessible to all individuals, companies, and organizations. Applicable concepts include net neutrality, open standards, transparency, lack of internet censorship, and low barriers to entry. The concept of the open internet is sometimes expressed as an expectation of decentralized technological power and is seen by some observers as closely related to open source software a type of software program whose maker allows users access to the code that runs the program so that users can improve the software or fix bugs. Proponents of net neutrality see this as an important component of a quote-unquote open network, wherein policies such as an equal treatment of data and open web standards allow those using the internet to easily communicate and conduct business and activities without interference from a third party. In contrast, a quote-unquote closed internet refers to the opposite situation wherein established persons, corporations, or governments favor certain uses, restrict access to necessary web standards, artificially degrade some services, or explicitly filter out content. Some countries block certain websites or types of sites and monitor and or censor internet use using internet police, a specialized type of law enforcement or secret police. Dumb pipe. The concept of a quote-unquote dumb network comprising of quote-unquote dumb pipes has been around since at least the early 1990s. The term quote-unquote dumb network refers to a network which is set up but has little or no control or management of the way users make use of the network. The term quote-unquote dumb pipes is analogous to water pipes used in a city water supply system. In theory, these pipes provide a steady supply of water to all users, regardless of the identity of the user or the user's activities with the water. In a quote-unquote dumb network, the endpoints are thought to be where the intelligence lies and as such, proponents argue that a network should leave the management and operation of communications and data transfer to the end users, not a government bureau or internet company. In 2013, the software company MetroTechNet Inc. coined the term quote-unquote dumb wave, which in the 2010s era's application of the quote-unquote dumb pipe concept to the ubiquitous wireless network end-to-end -end principle. The end-to-end -end principle of a network design was first laid out in 1981 paper End-to-End -end Arguments in System Design by Jerome H. Salazar, David P. Reed, and David D. Clark. The principle states that, whenever possible, communications protocol operations should be defined to occur at the endpoints of a communication system, or as close as possible to the resources being controlled. According to the end-to-end -end principle, protocol features are only justified in the lower layers of a system if they are a performance optimization. Hence, TCP, retransmission for reliability, is still justified, but efforts to improve TCP reliability should stop after peak performance has been reached. 
they argue that reliable systems tend to require end-to-end -end processing to operate correctly, in addition to any processing in the intermediate system. They point out that most features in the lowest level of a communication system have costs for all higher layer clients, even if those clients do not need the features, and are redundant if the client have to re-implement the features on an end-to-end -end basis. This leads to the model of a minimal dumb network with smart terminals, a completely different model from the previous paradigm of the smart network with dumb terminals. Because the end-to-end -end principle is one of the central design principles of the internet, and because the practical means for implementing data discrimination violate the end-to-end -end principle, the principle often enters discussions about net neutrality. The end-to-end -end principle is closely related and sometimes seen as a direct precursor to the principle of net neutrality. Traffic shaping. Traffic shaping is the control of computer network traffic to optimize or guarantee performance, improve latency, i.e. decrease internet response times, and or increase usable bandwidth by delaying, quote, packets, end quote, that meet certain criteria. In practice, traffic shaping is often accomplished by quote-unquote throttling certain types of data, such as streaming, video, or P2P file sharing. More specifically, traffic shaping is any action on a set of packets, often called a stream or a flow, which imposes additional delay on those packets, such that they conform to some predetermined constraint, a contract or traffic profile. Traffic shaping provides a means to control the volume of traffic being sent to a network in a specified period, bandwidth throttling, or the maximum rate at which the traffic is sent, rate limiting, or more complex criteria such as generic cell rate algorithm. Overprovisioning. If the core of a network has more bandwidth than is permitted to enter at the edges, then good quality of service, QoS, can be obtained without policing or throttling. For example, landline telephone network employs admission control to limit user demand on the network core by refusing to create a circuit for the requested connection. During a natural disaster, for example, most users will get a busy signal if they pick up a landline phone, as the phone company prioritizes 911 and other emergency calls. Overprovisioning is a form of statistical multiplexing that makes liberal estimates of peak user demand. Overprovisioning is used in private networks such as WebEx and the Internet to Albion Network, an American university network. David Eisenberg believes that continued overprovisioning will always provide more capacity for less expense than QoS and deep packet inspection technologies. By issue, Discrimination by protocol. Discrimination by protocol is the favoring or blocking information based on aspects of the communications protocol that the computers are using to communicate. In the U.S., a complaint was filed with the Federal Communications Commission against the cable provider Comcast, alleging that they had illegally inhibited users of its high-speed internet service from using popular file-sharing software BitTorrent. Comcast admitted no wrongdoing. In its proposed settlement of up to 16 US dollars per share in December 2009. However, a US appeals court ruled in April 2010 that the FCC exceeded its authority when it sanctioned Comcast in 2008 
for deliberately preventing some subscribers from using peer-to-peer -peer file sharing services to download large files. However, the FCC spokeswoman, Jen Howard, responded, quote, The court in no way disagreed with the importance of preserving a free and open internet, nor did it close the door to other methods of achieving this important end goal, end quote. Despite the ruling in favor of Comcast, a study by Measurement Lab in October 2011 verified that Comcast had virtually stopped its BitTorrent throttling practices. Discrimination by IP address During the 1990s, creating a non-neutral internet was technically infeasible. Originally developed to filter harmful malware, the internet security company NetScreen Technologies released network firewalls in 2003 with so-called deep packet inspection capabilities. Deep packet inspection helped make real-time discrimination between different kinds of data possible and is often used for internet censorship. In a practice called zero rating, companies will reimburse data used for certain addresses, favoring use of those services. Examples include Facebook Zero and Google Free Zone. Those zero rating practices are especially common in the developing world. Sometimes internet service providers ISPs will charge some companies, but not others, for the traffic they cause on the ISP's network. French telecom operator Orange complained that traffic from YouTube and other Google sites consists of roughly 50% of total traffic on the Orange network, made a deal with Google in which they charge Google for the traffic incurred on the Orange network. Some also thought that Orange's rival ISP free throttled YouTube traffic. However, an investigation done by the French Telecommunications Regulatory Body revealed that the network was simply congested during peak hours, favoring private networks. Proponents of net neutrality argued that without new regulations, internet service providers would be able to favor their own private protocols over others. ISPs are able to encourage the use of specific services by utilizing private networks to discriminate what data is counted against bandwidth caps. For example, Comcast struck a deal with Microsoft that allowed users to stream television through the Xfinity app on their Xbox 360s without it affecting their bandwidth limit. However, utilizing other telephone streaming apps such as Netflix, HBO Go, and Hulu counted towards the limit. Comcast denied that this infringed on net neutrality principles since, quote, it runs its Xfinity for Xbox service on its own private internet service protocol network, end quote. Peer discrimination. There is some disagreement about whether, quote-unquote, peering is a net neutrality issue. In the first quarter of 2014, streaming website Netflix reached an agreement with ISP Comcast to improve the quality of its service to Netflix clients. This arrangement was made in response to increasingly slow connection speeds through Comcast over the course of 2013, where average speeds dropped by over 25% of their value a year before to an all-time low. After the deal was struck in January 2014, the Netflix speed index recorded a 66% increase in connection. Netflix agreed to a similar deal with Verizon in 2014. After Verizon, DSL customers' connection speed dropped to less than 1 Mbit/s early in the year. Netflix spoke out against this deal with controversial statement delivered to all Verizon customers experiencing low connection speeds using the Netflix client. 
This sparked an internet debate between the two companies that led to Verizon's attaining a cease and desist order on the 5th of June 2014 that forced Netflix to stop displaying this message. Favoring fast-loading websites Pro-net neutrality arguments have also noted that regulations are also necessary due to research that has shown low tolerance to slow-loading content providers. In a 2009 research study conducted by Forrester Research, online shoppers expected the web pages they visited to download content instantly. When a page fails to load at the expected speed, many of them simply click out. A study found that even a one-second delay could lead to 11% fewer pages, a 16% decrease in customer satisfaction, and a 7% loss in conversions. Legal Aspects Law enforcement of net neutrality principles takes a variety of forms, from provisions that outlaw anti-competitive blocking and quote-unquote throttling of internet services, all the way to legal enforcement that prevents companies from subsidizing internet use on particular sites. Contrary to popular rhetoric and statements by various individuals involved in the ongoing academic debate, research suggests that a single policy instrument such as a no-blocking policy or a quality-of-service tiering policy cannot achieve the range of valued political and economic objectives central to the debate. As Bauer and Obar suggest, quote, safeguarding multiple goals requires a combination of instruments that will likely involve government and non-government measures. Furthermore, promoting goals such as the freedom of speech Political participation, investment, and innovation calls for complementary policies. By country, Brazil. The Brazilian Civil Rights Framework for the Internet became law on April 23, 2014, at the Global Multi Stakeholder Meeting on the Future of Internet Governance. It governs the use of the Internet in Brazil through forecasting principles guarantees rights and duties to those who use the network, as well as the determination of guideline for state action. The legislation was used as basis to block the popular WhatsApp application in Brazilian territory. A decision lifted soon afterwards, experts claiming that it was, in actuality, against the framework, which was misinterpreted by the judiciary. Canada in a January 25, 2011 decision, the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission CRTC, ruled that usage-based billing could be introduced. Prime Minister Harper singled that the government may be looking into the ruling. Quote, We're very concerned about CRTC's decision on usage-based billing and its impact on consumers. I've asked for a review of the decision. End quote. Some have suggested that the ruling adversely affects net neutrality since it discriminates against media that is larger in size, such as audio and video. Chile. On the 13th of June 2010, the National Congress of Chile amended the country's telecommunications law and order in order to preserve network neutrality, becoming the first country in the world to do so. The law published on the 26th of August 2010 added three articles to the General Law of Telecommunications, forbidding ISBs from arbitrarily blocking 
interfering with, discriminating, hindering, or restricting an internet user's right to use, send, receive, or offer any legal content, application, service, or any other type of legal activity or use through the internet. ISPs must offer internet access in which content is not arbitrarily treated differently based on its source or ownership. India. On the 8th of February 2016, the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India, TRAI, banned differential pricing of data services. As per TRAI's press release, the regulator had multiple responses soliciting different opinions with respect to its consultation paper. Considering all the responses, the regulator decided to have an ex-ante regulation instead of a case-by-case tariff investigation regime. According to the TRAI, this decision was reached in order to give the industry participants the much-needed certainty and in view of the high cost of regulation in terms of the time and resources that will be required for investigating each case of tariff discrimination. Ruling prohibits any service provider from offering or charging discriminatory tariffs for data services on the basis of content and also prohibits any agreement or contract which might have effect of discriminatory tariffs for data services or may assist the service provider in any manner to evade the regulation. It also specifies financial disincentives for contravention of regulation. However, the ruling does not prescribe a blanket ban on differential pricing and provides an exception in case of public emergency or for providing emergency services. Discriminatory tariffs are allowed in the case of an emergency. Lastly, according to the TRAI, this ruling should not be considered the end of the net neutrality debate. The regulator has promised to keep a close view on the developments in the market and may undertake a review after two years or at an earlier date, as it may deem fit. In March 2015, the TRAI released a formal consultation paper on regulatory framework for over-the-top OTT services, seeking comments from the public. The consultation paper was criticized for being one-sided and having confusing statements. It was condemned by various politicians and internet users. By the 24th of April, 2015, over a million emails had been sent to TRAI demanding net neutrality. The consultation period ended on January 7, 2016. Violations of net neutrality have been common in India. Examples beyond Facebook's Internet.org include Aircell's Wikipedia Zero, Along the Aircell's free access to Facebook and WhatsApp, Airtel's free access to Google, and Reliance's free access to Twitter. Facebook's free basics program is seen by activists as a net neutrality violation based on its provision of free of cost access to dozens of sites in collaboration with telecom operators. There were protests online and on ground against the free basics program. The Free Software Movement of India also held a protest in Hyderabad and parts of Telangana and Andhra Pradesh, Netherlands. On June 4, 2012, the Netherlands became the first country in Europe and the second in the world, after Chile, to enact a network neutrality law. 
The main provision of the law requires that, quote, providers of public electronic communication networks used to provide internet access services, as well as providers of internet access services, will not hinder or slow down services or applications on the internet, end quote. Russia. After almost four years of discussion, in early 2016, Federal Anti-Monopoly Service approved a regulation blocking ISPs from throttling or otherwise blocking any websites apart from those blocked at the request of the Federal Service for Supervision of Communications, Information Technology, and Mass Media, thus protecting net neutrality in Russia. Singapore. In 2014 and 2015, there were efforts to charge over-the-top content OTT providers companies that provide streaming video. Infocom Development Authority, IDA, has a policy framework for net neutrality that did not allow a surcharge. Consumers also argued that they already pay for their service and that they shouldn't have to pay more to access the sites they want to. Slovenia. At the end of 2012, Slovenia legislated a law of electronic communication implementing a strong principle of net neutrality. Slovenia thus became the second country in Europe to enact a net neutrality law. The Government Agency for Communications, Networks, and Services, AKOS, is enforcing the law and executes inspections. In January 2015, it found zero rating infringements at the two largest mobile network providers, Telecom and Simomobile, now A1. In February, it found similar infringements also at Amos, now Simomobile, and Tutsimobile, now Telematch. In July 2016, the Administrative Court of the Republic of Slovenia annulled the decisions of AKOS, South Africa. As of 2016, there is no law on net neutrality in South Africa. A white paper was to be published by the South African government in March 2015, but it has not been published yet. However, the Telecommunications Regulator, ICASA, and the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services has been engaged in this debate. In March 2014, ICASA invited comments to its, quote, Notice of Public Inquiry into the State of Competition in the Information and Communications Technology Center, end quote, in which net neutrality was brought up and comments were invited on the stakeholders' views on enforcement of net neutrality in South Africa. Simultaneously, DTPS was in the process of providing an integrated ICT policy review to provide recommendations on various issues of ICT policy in South Africa. They published a green paper and invited comments to the same. The green paper did not venture into the debate of net neutrality in detail and simply stated that it is an issue that must be taken into consideration. Following the Green Paper, a discussion paper was published in November 2014, which also invited comments. Lastly, a final report was published on June 2015 by DTPS providing its policy recommendations. DTPS rec recommended that the broad tenets of net neutrality be adopted, with principles such as transparency, no blocking of lawful content, and no unreasonable discrimination in mind. They urged the government to set appropriate exceptions to the application of network neutrality principles such as emergency services, 
blocking of unlawful content, etc. United Kingdom In 2007, PulseNet was using deep packet inspection to implement limits and differential charges for peer-to-peer file transfer protocol and online game traffic. However, their network management philosophy was made clear for each package they sold was consistent between different websites. United States There has been an extensive debate about whether net neutrality should be required by law in the United States. Advocates of net neutrality have raised concerns about the ability of broadband providers to use their quote-unquote last-mile infrastructure to block internet applications and content, i.e. websites, services, and protocols, and to even block out competitors. Opponents claim net neutrality regulations are unnecessary and deter investment into improving broadband infrastructure. Between July 15th and September 15, 2014, the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, FCC, received 3.7 million comments to change the internet to a telecommunications service, which would allow the FCC to uphold net neutrality. On the 26th of February, 2015, the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, FCC, ruled in favor of net neutrality by reclassifying broadband access as a telecommunications service and thus applying Title II, Common Carrier, of the Communications Act of 1934, as well as Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996 to Internet Service Providers. On the 12th of March, 2015, the FCC released the specific details of its new net neutrality rule, and on the 13th of April, 2015, the FCC published the final rule on its new regulations. The rule took effect on June 12, 2015. In 2015, the United States Telecoms Association, a trade association representing large telecom companies, filed a lawsuit against the FCC challenging the net neutrality rule. The U.S. telecom industry argued that the FCC, that, quote, the FCC reclassifying broadband carriers as common carriers is an overreach on the part of the FCC, end quote. The challenge sparked a, quote, a huge legal battle as cable, telecom, and wireless internet providers sued to overturn regulations that they said went far beyond the FCC's authority and would hurt their businesses, end quote. In June 2016, in a 184-page ruling, the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit upheld a 2-to-1 vote. The FCC's net neutrality rules and the FCC's determination that broadband access is a public utility rather than a luxury. AT&T and the telecom industry said that they would seek to appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. The transition to the Trump administration in January 2017 may have had an impact on the future of net neutrality policies in the U.S. Newly appointed FCC Commissioner Ajit Verhadara Pai objected to the open internet order and stated that he planned to quote-unquote modernize FCC policies to quote match the reality of a modern marketplace end quote but had not yet decided whether the FCC would attempt to overturn net neutrality policies. On April 29, 2017, a clear understanding of the latest proposal to compromise net neutrality was described. More specifically, 
Chairman Pai claims he wants to end the quote-unquote utility-style regulatory approach to the internet and establish the power of market forces in regulating the internet. Details of his proposal include the reclassification of broadband access as an information service and a de decrease in legal regulations on internet service providers. Pai says that the reversal will increase infrastructure investment and innovation among broadband companies. In his proposal, he also suggests redirecting authority from the FCC to the Federal Trade Commission to oversee privacy practices. Andrew Schwarzman states, quote, The Federal Trade Commission is a tiny enforcement agency without any rulemaking authority, end quote. He continues to say that the FTC, quote, are focused on whether a company like Walmart properly protects its customers' privacy information when they have had an account on the internet. Telecom is different. The nature of the info they have is much, much more significant, end quote. Pi advocates ended the broad internet conduct standard that allows the FCC to intervene if they deem that a broadband provider either acts brutally or is anticipated to do so. Lastly, he pushes for a reevaluation of whether to maintain, modify, or eliminate the Title II order brought bright line rules that prevent ISPs from blocking, throttling, or prioritizing certain websites. Critics of FCC Chairman Ajit Pai argue that his plan would create problems that could, would outweigh the benefits and would threaten open internet policies. And Ed Markey, a De Massachusetts Democratic senator, was quoted saying, quote, We cannot keep the promise of net neutrality, openness, and freedom without the rules that ensure it, end quote. Advocates for an open internet state that the current law that Pai intends to dismantle helps maintain the internet's role in economic growth, innovation, civic empowerment, and free speech. Ajit Pai proposes a potential regulatory framework that is based on reactionary action rather than preemptive action in dealing with legal infractions by ISPs. He thinks that a preemptive regulation will prevent some pro-competition arrangements that businesses could make, whereas reactionary regulation which would be based on actual infractions of the law, will provide the best balance of consumer protection and pro-competition. In a two-to-one decision on May 18th, the FCC voted to proceed with the motion to scale back the net neutrality protections put in place in 2015 under the Obama administration. The vote is only the beginning of a long process, and now the motion will go through an official period of public feedback on the FCC website before the final decision is made before the end of the year. On November 21, 2017, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai unveiled plans to repeal the net neutrality policy in the United States. EU and net neutrality. Article 3 of EU Regulation 215-2120 set the basic framework for ensuring net neutrality across the entire European Union. However, the regulations text has been criticized as offering loopholes that can undermine the regulations' effectiveness. Some EU member states, such as Slovenia and the Netherlands, have stronger net neutrality laws. Of net neutrality regulations include consumer advocates, human rights organizations, such as Article 19, online companies, 
and some technology companies. Many major internet application companies are advocates of neutrality. Yahoo, Vonage, eBay, Amazon, IAC, Interactive Corp, Microsoft, Twitter, Tumblr, Etsy, Daily Kos, Greenpeace, along with many other companies and organizations, have also taken a stance in support of net neutrality. Cognit Communications, an international internet service provider, has made an announcement in favor of certain net neutrality policies. In 2008, Google published a statement speaking out against letting broadband providers abuse their market power to affect access to competing applications or content. They further equated the situation to that of the telephony market, where telephone communications are not allowed to control who their customers call or what those customers are allowed to say. However, Google's support of net neutrality was called into question in 2014. Several civil rights groups, such as the ACLU, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, Free Press, and Fight for the Future support net neutrality. Individuals who support net neutrality include World Wide Web inventor Tim Berners-Lee, Ben Cerf, Lawrence Lessig, Robert W. McChesney, Steve Wozniak, Susan P. Crawford, Marvin Amori, Ben Scott, David Reed, and former U.S. President Barack Obama. On the 10th of November 2014, Obama recommended that the FCC reclassify broadband internet service as a telecommunications service in order to preserve net neutrality. On the 12th of November 2014, AT&T stopped build-out of their fiber network until it has, quote, sold net neutrality rules to follow, end quote. On the 31st of January 2015, AP News reported that the FCC will present the notion of applying, with some caveats, Title II, Common Carrier of the Communications Act of 1934 and Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996 to the Internet in a vote expected on the 26th of February 2015. Control of Data Supporters of net neutrality in the United States want to designate cable companies as common carriers which would require them to allow internet service providers, ISPs, free access to cable lines, the same model used for dial-up internet. They want to ensure that cable companies cannot screen, interrupt, or filter internet content without a court order. Common carrier status would give the FCC the power to enforce net neutrality rules. SaveTheInternet.com accuses cable and telecommunication companies of wanting the role of gatekeepers being able to control which websites load quickly, load slowly, or do not load at all. According to SaveTheInternet.com, these companies want to charge content providers who require guaranteed speedy data delivery to create advantages for their own search engines, internet phone services, and streaming video services, and slowing access or blocking access to those of competitors. Vinton Cerf, a co-vendor of the Internet Protocol and current Vice President of Google, argues that the Internet was designed without any authorities controlling access to new content or new services. He concludes that the principles responsible for making the Internet such a success would be fundamentally undermined were broadband carriers given the ability to affect 
what people see and do online. Cerf has also written about the importance of looking at problems like net neutrality through a combination of the internet's layered system and the multi-shareholder model that governs it. He shows how challenges can arise that can implicate net neutrality in certain infrastructure-based cases, such as when ISPs enter into exclusive arrangements with large building owners, leaving the residents unable to exercise any choice in broadband provider. Digital Rights and Freedoms Proponents of net neutrality argue that a neutral net will foster free speech and lead to further democratic participation on the internet. Senator L. Franken from Minnesota fears that without new regulations, the major internet service providers will use their position of power to stifle people's rights. He calls net neutrality the, quote, First Amendment issue of our time, end quote. By ensuring that all people and websites have equal access to each other, regardless of their ability to pay, proponents of net neutrality wish to prevent the need to pay for speech and the further centralization of media power. Lawrence Lessig and Robert W. McChesney argue that net neutrality, that the internet remains a free and open technology, fostering democratic communication. Lessig and McChesney go on to argue that the monopolization of the internet would stifle the diversity of independent news sources and the generation of innovative and novel web content. User Intolerance and Slow Loading Sites Proponents of net neutrality invoke the human psychological process of adaptation where when people get used to something better, they would not ever want to go back to something worse. In the context of the internet, the proponents argue that a user who gets used to the fast lane on the internet would find the slow lane intolerable in comparison, greatly disadvantaging any provider who is unable to pay for the quote-unquote fast lane. Video producers Netflix and Vimeo, in their comments to FCC in favor of net neutrality, use the research of SS Koshman and Ramesh Staravan that provides the first quantitative evidence of adaptation to speed among online video users. Their research studied the patience level of millions of internet video users who waited for a slow loading video to start playing. Users who had a faster internet connectivity, such as fiber to the home, demonstrated less patience and abandoned their videos sooner than similar users with slower internet connectivity. The results demonstrate how users can get used to faster internet connectivity, leading to higher expectation of internet speed and lower tolerance for any delay that occurs. Author Nicholas Carr and other social commentators have written about the habituation phenomenon by stating that a faster flow of information on the internet can make people less patient. Competition and Innovation Net neutrality advocates argue that allowing cable companies the right to demand a toll to guarantee quality or premium delivery would create an exploitive business model based on the ISP's position as gatekeepers. Advocates warn that by charging websites for access, network owners may be able to block competition websites and services, as well as refuse access to those unable to pay. According to Tim Wu, Cable companies plan to reserve bandwidth for their own television services and charge companies a toll for priority service.
Proponents of net neutrality argue that allowing for preferential treatment of internet traffic, a tiered service, would put newer online companies at a disadvantage and slow innovation in online services. Tim Wu argues that without net neutrality, without network neutrality, the internet will undergo a transformation from a market ruled by innovation to one ruled by deal making. SaveTheInternet.com argues that net neutrality puts everyone on equal terms, which helps drive innovation. They claim it as a preservation of the way the internet has always operated, where the quality of websites and services determined whether they succeeded or fail, rather than deals with ISPs. Lawrence Lessig and Robert W. McChesney argue that eliminating net neutrality would lead to the internet resembling the world of cable TV so that access to and distribution of content will be managed by a handful of massive, near-monopolistic companies, though there are multiple services providers in each region. These companies would then control what is seen as well as how much it costs to see it. Speedy and secure internet use for such industries as healthcare, finance, retailing, and gambling could be subject to large fees charged by these companies. They further explain that a majority of the great innovators in the history of the internet started with little capital in their garages, inspired by great ideas. This was possible because the protections of net neutrality ensured limited control by owners of the networks, maximal competition in those spaces, and permitted innovators from outside access to the network. Internet content was guaranteed a free and highly competitive space by the existence of net neutrality. For example, back in 2005, YouTube was just a small startup company. Due to an absence of internet fast lanes, YouTube had the ability to grow larger than Google Video. Tom Wheeler and Senators Ronald Lee Whedon and Alan Stewart Franken said internet service providers treated YouTube videos the same as they did Google's, and Google couldn't pay the ISPs internet service providers to gain an unfair advantage, like a fast lane into consumers' homes, they wrote. Quote, well, it turned out that people liked YouTube a lot more than Google Video, so YouTube thrived. Preserving Internet Standards Net neutrality advocates have sponsored legislation claiming that author authorizing incumbent network providers to override transport and application layer separation on the internet would signal the decline of fundamental internet standards and international consensus authority. Further, the legislation asserts that bit shaping the transport of application data will undermine the transport layer's designed flexibility. Preventing pseudo-services Alec Patawaj, founder of Epic Privacy Browser, argues that any violations of network neutrality, realistically speaking, will not involve genuine investment, but rather payoffs for unnecessary and dubious services. He believes that it is unlikely that new investment will be made to lay special networks for particular websites to reach end users faster. Rather, he believes that non-net neutrality would involve leveraging quality of service to extract remuneration from websites that want to avoid being slowed down. This theory was confirmed in 2014 when Netflix announced it was making payments to Comcast and Verizon to avoid throttling slower internet speeds for particular services or websites by those ISPs. These payments were described by Netflix founder Reed Hastings as 
quote-unquote, an arbitrary tax, and quote-unquote, arbitrary interconnection tolls. End-to-end principle. Some advocates say network neutrality is needed in order to maintain the end-to-end principle. According to Lawrence Lessig and Robert W. McChesney, all content must be treated the same and must move at the same speed in order for net neutrality to be true. They say that this is a simple but brilliant end-to-end aspect that has allowed the internet to act as a powerful force for economic and social good. Under this principle, a neutral network is a dumb network, merely passing packets regardless of the applications they support. This point of view was expressed by David S. Eisenberg in his paper, quote, The Rise of the Stupid Network, end quote. He states that the vision of the intelligent network is being replaced by a new network philosophy and architecture in which the network is designed for always-on use, not intermediates and scarcity. Rather than intelligence being designed into the network itself, the intelligence would be pushed out to the end user's device, and the network would be designed simply to deliver bits without fancy network routing or smart number translation. The data would be in control, telling the network where it should be sent. End user devices would then be allowed to behave flexibly, as bits would essentially be free and there would be no assumption that the data is a single data rate or data type. Contrary to this idea, the research paper titled End-to-End Arguments in System Design by Salitzer, Reed, and Clark argues that network intelligence does not relieve end systems of the requirement to check inbound data for hours and to rate limit the sender, nor for wholesale removal of intelligence from the network core. Arguments against Opponents of net neutrality regulations include internet service providers, ISPs, broadband and telecommunications companies, computer hardware manufacturers, economists, and notable technologists. Many of the major hardware and telecommunications companies specifically oppose the reclassification of broadband as a common carrier under Title II. Corporate opponents of this measure include Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, IBM, Intel, Cisco, Nokia, Qualcomm, Broadcom, Juniper, D-Link, Wintel, Elatel, Lucent, Corning, Panasonic, Ericsson, and others. Nobel Memorial Prize-winning economist Gary Becker's paper titled, quote, Net Neutrality and Consumer Welfare, end quote, published by the Journal of Competition, Law, and Economics, argues that claims by net neutrality proponents, quote, do not provide a compelling rationale for regulation, end quote, because there is, quote, significant and growing competition, end quote, among broadband access providers. Google chairman Eric Schmidt states that, While Google views that similar data types should not be discriminated against, it is okay to discriminate across different data types, a position that both Google and Verizon generally agree on, according to Schmidt. According to the journal, when President Barack Obama announced his support of strong net neutrality rules late in 2014, Schmidt told a top White House official the president was making a mistake. Google has since supported net neutrality. Individuals who oppose net neutrality include TCP IP inventor Bob Kahn, Mark Anderson, Scott McNeely, Peter Thiel, David Farber, Nicholas Negroponte, Rajiv Shuri, Jeff Pulver, 
John Perry Barlow, Mark Cuban, and FCC Chairman Ajit Pai. Several civil rights groups, such as the National Urban League, Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Slash Push, and League of United Latin American Citizens, also opposed Tier 2 net neutrality regulations, who said that the call to regulate broadband internet service as a utility would harm minority communities by stifling investment in underserved areas. A number of other opponents created Hands Off the Internet, a website created in 2006 to promote arguments against internet regulation. Principal financial support for the website came from AT&T, and members include Bell South, Alcatel, Singular, and Citizens Against Government Waste. Robert Pepper, a Senior Managing Director, Global Advanced Technology Policy at Cisco Systems and former FCC Chief of Policy Development, says, quote, the supporters of net neutrality regulation believe that more rules are necessary. In their view, without greater regulation, service providers might parcel out bandwidth or services, creating a bifurcated world in which the wealthy enjoy first-class internet access while everyone else is left with, with slow connections and degraded content. That scenario, however, is a false paradigm. Such an all-or-nothing world doesn't exist today, nor will it exist in the future. Without additional regulation, service providers are likely to continue doing what they are doing. They will continue to offer a variety of broadband services plans at a variety of price points to, full to suit any type of consumer." End quote. Computer scientist Bob Kahn has said net neutrality is a slogan that would freeze innovation in the core of the internet. Farber has written and spoken strongly in favor of continued research and development on core internet protocols. He joined academic colleagues Michael Katz, Christopher Yu, and Gerald Fallharbor in an op-ed in the Washington Post strongly critical of network neutrality, essentially stating that while the internet is in need of remodeling, congressional action aimed at protecting the best parts of the current internet could interfere with efforts to build a replacement. Reduction in Investment According to a letter to FCC commissioners and key congressional leaders sent by 60 ISP technology suppliers, including IBM, Intel, Qualcomm, and Cisco, Title II regulation of the Internet, quote, means that instead of billions of broadband investment driving other sectors of the economy forward, any reduction in this spending will stifle growth across the entire economy. This is not idle speculation or fear-mongering. Title II is going to lead to a slowdown, if not a hold, in broadband build-out, because if you do not know that you can recover on your investment, you won't make it." End quote. According to the Wall Street Journal, in one of Google's few lobbying sessions with FCC officials, the company urged the agency to craft rules that encourage investment in broadband internet networks, a position that mirrors the argument made by opponents of strong net neutrality rules such as AT&T and Comcast. Opponents of net neutrality argue that prioritization of bandwidth is necessary for future innovation on the market. Telecommunication providers such as telephone and cable companies and some technology companies that supply networking gear argue telecom providers should have the ability to provide preferential treatment in the form of tiered services. For example, by giving online companies willing to pay the ability to transfer their data packets faster than other tra internet traffic. The added income from such services could be used to pay for the building of an increased broadband access to more consumers. 
Opponents say that net neutrality would make it more difficult for internet service providers, ISPs, and other network operators to recoup their investments in broadband networks. John Thorne, Senior Vice President and Deputy General Counsel of Verizon, a broadband and telecommunications company, has argued that they will have no incentive to make large investments to develop advanced fiber optic networks if they are prohibited from charging higher preferred access fees to companies that wish to take advantage of the expanded capabilities of such networks. Thorne and other ISPs have accused Google and Skype of freeloading or freeriding for using a network of lines and cables the phone company spent billions of dollars to build. Mark Anderson states that, quote, a pure net neutrality view is difficult to sustain if you also want to have continued investment in broadband networks. If you're a large teleco company right now, you spend an order of $20 billion a year on CAPEX, capital expenditure. You need to know how you're going to get a return on that investment. If you have these pure net neutrality rules where you can never charge a company like Netflix anything, you're not ever going to get a return on continued network investment which means you'll stop investing in the network. And I would not want to be sitting here 10 or 20 years from now with the same broadband speeds we're getting today. Proponents of net neutrality regulations say network operators have continued to underinvest in infrastructure. However, according to Copenhagen Economics, US investment in telecom infrastructure is 50% higher than the European Union. As a share of GDP, the United States broadband investment rate per GDP trails only the UK and South Korea slightly, but exceeds Japan, Canada, Italy, Germany, and France sizably. On broadband speed, Akamai reported that the US trails only South Korea and Japan among its major trading partners, and trails only Japan and the G7 in both average peak connection speed and percentage of population connected at 10 Mbits-S or higher but are substantially ahead of most of its major trading partners. The White House reported in June 2013 that U.S. connection speeds are, quote, the fastest compared to other countries with either a similar population or landmass, end quote. Akamai's report on the state of the internet in the second quarter of 2014 says, quote, a total of 39 states saw 4K readiness rate more than double over the past year, end quote. In other words, a ZDNet reports those states saw a quote-unquote major increase in the availability of the 15 Mbit per second speed needed for 4K video. According to the Progressive Policy Institute and ITU data, the United States has the most affordable entry-level prices for fixed broadband in the OECD. In Indonesia, there is a very high number of internet connections that are subject to exclusive deals between the ISP and the building owner, and changing this dynamic could unlock much more consumer choice and higher speeds. FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai and Federal Election Commission's Lee Goldman wrote in a political piece in February 2014, quote, compare Europe which has long had utility-style regulations with the United States, which has embraced a light-touch regulatory model. Broadband speeds in the United States, both wired and wireless, are significantly faster than those in Europe. Broadband investment in the United States is several multiples that of Europe, and broadband's reach is much wider in the United States. 
despite its much lower population density. Significant and Growing Competition Investment A 2010 paper on net neutrality by Nobel Prize economist Gary Becker and his colleagues stated that, quote, there is significant and growing competition among broadband access providers and that few significant competitive problems have been observed to date, suggesting that there is no compelling competitive rationale for such regulation, end quote. Becker and fellow economists Dennis Carlton and Hale Sidler found that, quote, between mid-2002 and mid-2008, the number of high-speed broadband access lines in the United States grew from 16 million to nearly 133 million, and the number of residential broadband lines grew from 14 million to nearly 80, 80 million. Internet traffic roughly tripled between 2007 and 2009. At the same time, prices for broadband internet access services have fallen sharply. The PPI reports that the profit margins for U.S. broadband providers are generally one-sixth to one-eighth of companies that use broadband, such as Apple or Google, contradicting the idea of monopolistic price gouging by providers. When FCC Chairman Tob Wheeler redefined broadband from 4 Mbits per second to 25 Mbits per second, or greater in January 2015, FCC Commissioners Ajit Pai and Michael Riley believed that the redefinition was to set up the agency's intent to settle the net neutrality fight with new regulations. The Commissioners argued that the stricter speed guidelines painted the broadband industry as less competitive justifying the FCC's moves with Title II net neutrality regulations. A report by the Progressive Policy Institute in June 2014 argues that nearly every American can choose from at least five to six broadband internet service providers, despite claims that there are only a quote-unquote small number of broadband providers. Citing research from the FCC, the Institute wrote that 90% of American households have access to at least one wired and one wireless broadband provider at speeds of at least 4 Mbits per second downstream and 1 Mbit per second upstream, and that nearly 88% of Americans can choose from at least two wired providers of broadband disregarding speed, typically choosing between a cable and teleco offering. Further, three of the four national wireless companies report that they offer 4G, LTE, to 250 to 300 million Americans, with the fourth, T-Mobile, sitting at 209 million and counting. Similarly, the FCC reported in June 2008 that 99.8% of zip codes in the United States had two or more providers of high-speed internet lines available, and 94.6% of zip codes had four or more providers, as reported by University of Chicago economist Gary Becker, Dennis Carlton, and Hale Sitter in a 2010 paper. Deferring Competition FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai states that the FCC completely brushes away the concerns of smaller competitors who are going to be subject to various taxes, such as state property taxes and general receipt taxes. As a result, according to Pai, that does nothing to create more competition within the market. According to Pai, the FCC ruling to impose Title II regulations is opposed by the country's smallest private competitors and many municipal broadband providers. In his dissent, Pai noted that 142 wireless ISPs, WISPs, said that the FCC's new, quote, regulatory intrusion into our businesses 
would likely force us to raise prices, delay deployment, expansion, or both. End quote. He also noted that 24 of the country's smallest ISPs, each with fewer than 1,000 residential broadband customers, wrote to the FCC stating that Title II, quote, will badly strain our limited resources, end quote, because they, quote, have no in-house attorneys and no budget line items for outside counsel, end quote. Further, another 43 municipal broadband providers told the FCC that Title II, quote, will trigger consequences beyond the commission's control and serious harm to our ability to fund and deploy broadband without bringing any concrete benefit for consumers or edge providers that the market is not already providing today without the aid of any additional regulation." End quote. According to a Wired Magazine article by Tech Freedoms, Bernan Soska, Martin, Matthew Starr, and John Henke, local governments and public utilities impose the most significant barriers to entry for more cable broadband competition. Quote, While popular arguments focus on supposed monopolists such as big cable companies, it's governments that's really to blame, end quote. The authors state that local governments and their public utilities charge ISPs far more than they actually cost and have the final say on whether an ISP can build a network. The public officials determine what requirements an ISP must meet to get approval for access to publicly owned quote-unquote rights away, which let them place their wires, thus reducing the number of potential competitors who can profitably deploy internet service, such as AT&T's Uverse, Google Fiber, and Verizon Fios. Kickbacks may include municipal requirements for ISPs, such as building out service where it is not demanded, donating equipment, and delivering free broadband to government buildings. Counterweight to server-side non-neutrality Those in favor of forms of non-neutral tiered internet access argue that the internet is already not a level playing field, that large companies achieve a performance advantage over smaller companies by providing more and better quality servers and buying high bandwidth services. Such scrapping of net neutrality regulations precipitate a price drop for low, low, lower levels of access or access to only certain protocols. For instance, such would make internet usage more adaptable to the needs of those individuals and corporations who specifically seek differentiated tiers of service. Network expert Richard Bennett has written, quote, a richly funded website, which delivers data faster than its competitors to the front porches of the internet service providers, wants it delivered the rest of the way on, the, on an equal basis. This system, which Google calls broadband neutrality, actually preserves a more fundamental inequality." End quote. Prevent overuse of bandwidth. Since the early 1990s, internet traffic has increased steadily. The arrival of picture-rich websites and MP3s led to a sharp increase in the mid-1990s, followed by a subsequent sharp increase since 2003 as video streaming and peer-to-peer -peer file sharing became more common. In reaction to companies including YouTube, as well as smaller companies starting to offer free video content, using substantial amounts of bandwidth, at least one internet service provider, ISP, SBC Communications, now AT&T Inc., has suggested that it should have the right to charge these companies for making their content available over the provider's network. 
Brett Swanson of the Wall Street Journal wrote in 2007 that the popular websites of that time, including YouTube, MySpace, and blogs, were put at risk by net neutrality. He noted that at that time, YouTube streamed as much data in three months as the world's radio, cable, and broadcast television channels did in one year, 75 petabytes. He argued that networks were not remotely prepared to handle the amount of data required to run these sites. He also argued that net neutrality would prevent broadband networks from being built, which would limit available bandwidth and thus endanger innovation. One example of these concerns was the, quote, series of tubes analogy, end quote, which was presented by U.S. Senator Ted Stevens during a committee hearing on the U.S. Senate in 2006. Potentially, potentially increased taxes. FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai, who opposed the 2015 Title II reclassification of ISPs, says that the ruling allows new fees and taxes on broadband by subjecting them to the telephone system's t taxes under the Universal Service Fund. Net neutrality proponent Free Press writes, quote, the average potential increase in taxes and fees per household would be far less, end quote, than the estimate given by net neutrality opponents, and that if there were to be additional taxes, the tax figure may be around $4 U.S. billion. Under favorable circumstances, quote, the increase would be exactly zero, end quote. Meanwhile, the Progressive Policy Institute claims that Title II could trigger taxes and fees up to $11 billion in U.S. dollars a year. Financial website NerdWallet did their own assessment and settled on a possible U.S. $6.25 billion tax impact, estimating that the average American household may see their tax bill increase $67 U.S. dollars annually. FCC spokesperson Kim Hart said that the ruling, quote, does not raise taxes or fees, period, end quote. However, the opposing commissioner, Ajit Pai, claims that, quote, the plan explicitly opens the door to billions of dollars in new taxes on broadband. These new taxes will mean higher prices for consumer and more hidden fees that they have to pay, end quote. Pai explained that, quote, one avenue for higher bills in is the new taxes and fees that will be applied to broadband. Here's the background. If you look at your phone bill, you'll see a universal service fee, or something like it. These fees, what most Americans would call taxes, are paid by Americans on their telephone service. They funnel about $9 billion each year through the FCC. Consumers haven't had to pay these taxes on their broadband bills because broadband has never before been a Title II service, but now it is, and so the order explicitly opens the door to billions of dollars in new taxes." End quote. Unnecessary Regulations According to PayPal founder and Facebook investor Peter Thiel in 2011, quote, net neutrality has not been necessary to date. I don't see any reason why it's suddenly become important when the internet has functioned quite well for the past 15 years without it. Government's attempts to regulate technology have been extraordinarily counterproductive in the past, end quote. Max Levchkin, the other co-founder of PayPal, echoed similar statements, telling CNBC, quote, the internet is not broken, and it got here without government regulation, and probably in part because of a lack of government regulation, end quote. 
Opponents of new federal net neutrality policies point to the success of the internet as a sign that new regulations are not necessary. They argue that the freedom which websites, ISPs, and consumers have had to settle their own disputes and compete through innovation is the reason why the internet has had such a rapid success. One of Congress's most outspoken critics of net neutrality regulations is Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, who points out that, quote, innovation on the internet is happening without having to go to the government and say, mother may I, end quote. What happens when the government starts regulating a service as a public utility is it calcifies everything and freezes it in place, end quote. In regulating how the internet is provided, opponents argue that the government will hinder innovation on the web. FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai, who was one of the two commissioners who opposed the net neutrality proposal, criticized the FCC's ruling on internet neutrality, stating that the perceived threats from ISPs to deceive consumers, degrade content, or disfavor the content that they dislike are non-existent. Quote, the evidence of these continued threats? There is none. It is all anecdote, hypothesis, and hysteria. A small ISP in North Carolina allegedly blocked VOIP calls a decade ago. Comcast capped BitTorrent traffic to ease upload congestion eight years ago. Apple introduced FaceTime over Wi-Fi first, cellular networks later. Examples this picayune and stale aren't enough to tell a coherent story about net neutrality. The boogeyman never had it so easy, end quote. FCC Commissioner Michael Riley, the other opposing commissioner, also claims that the ruling is a solution to a hypothetical problem. Quote, even after enduring three weeks of spend, it is hard for me to believe that the commission is establishing an entire Title II net neutrality regime to protect against hypothetical harms. There is not a shred of evidence that any aspect of this structure is necessary. The DC Circuit called the prior scaled-down version a paraphylactic approach. I call it guilt by imagination." End quote. In a Chicago Tribune article, FCC Commissioner Pai and Joseph Wright and Joshua Wright of the Federal Trade Commission argue that, quote, the internet isn't broken and we don't need the president's plan to fix it. Quite the opposite. The internet is an unparalleled success story. It is a free, open, and thriving platform. End quote. Related issues. Data discrimination. Tim Wu, through a proponent of network neutrality, claims that the current internet is not neutral as its implementation of best effort generally favors file transfer and other non-time-sensitive traffic over real-time communications. Generally, a network which blocks some nodes or services for the customers of the network would normally be expected to be less useful to the customers than one that did not. Therefore, for a network to remain significantly non-neutral requires either that the customers not be concerned about the particular non-neutralities or the customers not have any meaningful choice of providers. Otherwise, they would presumably switch to another provider with fewer restrictions. While the network neutrality debate continues, network providers often enter into peering arrangements among themselves. These agreements often stipulate how certain information flows should be treated. In addition, network providers often implement various policies 
such as blocking of port 25 to prevent insecure systems from serving as spam relays or other ports commonly used by decentralized music search applications implementing peer-to-peer -peer networking models. They also present terms of service that often include rules about the use of certain applications as part of their contracts with users. Most consumer internet providers implement policies like these. The MIT Manted Port Blocking Measurement Process Project is a measurement effort to characterize internet port blocking and potentially discriminatory practices. However, the effective peering arrangements among network providers are only local to the peers that enter into their arrangements and cannot affect traffic flow outside their scope. John Pia from Carnegie Mellon University believes it is important to create policies that protect users from harmful traffic discrimination while allowing beneficial discrimination. Pia discusses the technologies that enable traffic discrimination, examples of different types of discrimination and potential impacts of regulation. Google chairman Eric Schmidt aligns Google's views on data discrimination with Verizon's. Quote, I want to be clear what we mean by net neutrality. What we mean is if you have one data type like video, you don't discriminate against another one person's video in favor of another. But it's okay to discriminate across different types. So you could prioritize voice over video. And there is general agreement with Verizon and Google on that issue." End quote. Echoing similar comments by Schmidt, Google's chief internet evangelist and quote-unquote father of the internet, end quote, Mint Cerf, says that, quote, it's entirely possible that some applications need far more latency, like games. Other applications need broadband streaming capability in order to deliver real-time video. Others don't really care, as long as they can get it the bits there, like email or file transfers and things like that. But it should not be the case that the supplier of the access to the network mediates this on a competitive basis. But you may still have different kinds of service depending on what the requirements are for the different applications." End quote. Quality of service. Internet routers forward packets according to the diverse peering and transport agreements that exist between network operators. Many networks using internet protocols now employ quality of service, QoS, and network service providers frequently enter into service-level agreements with each other, embracing some sort of QoS. There is no single, uniform method of interconnecting networks using IP, and not all networks that use IP are part of the Internet. IPTV networks are isolated from the Internet, and are therefore not covered by network neutrality agreements. The IP datagram includes a 3-bit wide precedent a 3-bit wide precedence field and a larger diffserve code point DSCP that are used to request a level of service consistent with the notion that protocols in a layered architecture offer services through service access points. This field is somewhat sometimes ignored, especially if it requests a level of service outside the originating network's contract with the receiving network. It is commonly used in private networks especially those including Wi-Fi networks, where priority is enforced. While there are several ways of communicating service levels across internet connections, such as SIP, RSVP, 
IEEE 802.11e and NPLS. The most common scheme includes SIP and DSCP. Router manufacturers now sell routers that have logic enabling them to route traffic for various classes of service at quote-unquote wire speed. With the emergence of multimedia, VOIP, IPTV, and other applications that benefit from low latency, various attempts to address the inability of some private networks to limit latency have arisen, including the proposition of offering tiered service levels that would shape internet transmissions in the network layer based on application type. These efforts are ongoing and are starting to yield results as wholesale internet transport providers begin to amend service agreements to include service levels. Advocates of net neutrality have proposed several methods to implement a net neutral internet that includes a notion of quality of service. An approach offered by Tim Berners-Lee allows discrimination between different tiers while enforcing strict neutrality of data sent at each tier. Quote, if I pay to connect to the net with a given quality of service, and you pay to connect to the net with the same or higher quality of service, then you and I can communicate across the net with that quality and quantity of service. End quote. We each pay to connect to the net, but no one can pay for exclusive access to me. End quote. United States lawmakers have introduced bills that would now allow quality of service discrimination for certain services as long as no special fee is charged for higher quality service. Founder of Epic Privacy Browser, Alec Brajwa, has argued that net neutrality preservation through legislation is consistent with implementing quality of service protocols. He argues legislation should ban the charging of fees for any quality of service which would both allow networks to implement quality of service as well as remove any incentive to abuse net neutrality ideas. He argues that since implementing quality of service does not require any additional costs versus a non-QoS network, there is no reason implementing quality of service should entail any additional fees. However, the core network hardware needed with large numbers of queues and the cost of designing and maintaining a QoS network are both much higher than a non-QoS network. Pricing Models Broadband internet access has more often been sold to users based on access information rate or maximum available bandwidth. If internet service providers ISPs, can provide varying levels of service to websites at various prices, this may be a way to manage the costs of unused capacity by selling surplus bandwidth or leverage price discrimination to recoup costs of consumer surplus. However, purchasers of connectivity on the basis of committed information rate or guaranteed bandwidth capacity must expect the capacity they purchase in order to meet their communication requirements. Various studies have sought to provide network providers the necessary formulas for adequately pricing such a tiered service for their customer base. But while network neutrality is primarily focused on protocol-based provisioning, most of the pricing models are based on bandwidth restrictions. Reactions to net neutrality On July 12, 2017, an event called Day of Action was held to advocate for net neutrality in the United States in response to Ejit B. Pai's plans to remove government policies that upheld net neutrality.
Several websites participated in this event, including ones such as Amazon, Netflix, Google, and several other well-known websites. The gathering was called, quote, the largest online protest in history, end quote. Websites chose many different ways to convey their message. The founder of the web, Tim Berners-Lee, published a video defending FCC's rules. Reddit made a pop-up message that loads slowly to illustrate the effect of removing net neutrality. Other websites also put up some less obvious notifications, such as Amazon, who put up a hard-to-notice link, or Google, who put up a policy blog post as opposed to a more obvious message. A poll carried out by Mozilla showed that the majority of Americans are staunch supporters of net neutrality. 76% of Americans, 81% of Democrats, and 73% of Republicans support net neutrality. The poll also showed that many Americans do not think the Trump government can be trusted to protect access to the internet. Net neutrality supporters had also made several comments to the FCC website opposing plans to remove net neutrality, especially after the video by John Oliver regarding this topic was posted on YouTube. However, in response, Ajit Pai selected one particular comment that specifically supported the removal of net neutrality policies. At the end of August, the FCC released more than 13,000 pages of net neutrality complaints filed by consumers, yet it was released one day before the deadline for public comment on Ajit Pai's proposal to remove net neutrality. It has been implied that the FCC ignored evidence against their proposal in order to remove protection laws faster. It has also been noted that nowhere was it mentioned how FCC made any attempt to resolve the complaints made. Regardless, Ajit Pai's proposal had draws more than 22 million comments, though a large amount were spam. However, there were 1.5 million personalized comments, 98.5% of them protesting Ajit Pai's plan. The views expressed are not my own, they are just a reading in a moment. The music you've heard on the background is an open source project by a group called Hatno made up of Stephen Laporte and Mohammed Hashemi. The project is called Listen to Wikipedia. The bells indicate additions and string plucks indicate subtractions from the website. Pitch changes according to the size of the edit. The larger the edit, the deeper the note. It's a really cool project that I encourage you to check out at listen.hatnote.com. This podcast has been brought to you by FlexDeckCards.com. The Flex Deck, the one deck you need for all your games.